Hello and welcome to Talk Tales, a bartender advice podcast that is cheaper than therapy. We're your hosts. <laughs> I'm you. You started that, Adele. I'm Shana, <laughs> and I'm Adele. <laughs> You did that like musical, like like singing. So I was like, I gotta keep doing that. We failed miserably. Well, I'm not. I'm not a singer. Are you a singer? No, definitely not. I have the name of a singer, but no, no. Do you? Is there a song like if you did a karaoke song? Do you have a karaoke song? I do songs that everybody's gonna sing along with. That way, my voice gets drowned out. Like Bohemian Rhapsody. Nobody can hear how shitty I sound because everybody's too busy singing. Yeah. One thing about LA, the reason why karaoke sounds so much ass in LA is because everybody here is fucking talented. Some kind of performer, a musician, singer, actor, and they all can sing like beautiful fucking angels. So you go out to karaoke. Remember those going out with, to karaoke back way back when? I remember. Everybody sings beautifully and you're there like, well, fuck, I sound like shit. So I don't like, I don't do karaoke. Boy, oh boy, you have an opinion. Have about- things to say about karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck karaoke, but Fuck if karaoke. I sing it, everyone sings with me. Exactly, it has to be Bohemian Rhapsody. So. Dude, I mean that's a, that's that's my favorite karaoke song. I, not, I don't ever sing it like on karaoke, but if when somebody does, oh, I'm singing along. You can't deny that, dude. Yep. So you think you can stop me and spit in my eye? Sound like that. Yeah, I thought you didn't do karaoke. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Well, now we've turned into a karaoke podcast. We're going to ha- bring on people to sing their favorite karaoke oh, songs forever. But regardless of karaoke, we still do talk about bartending stuff. And the theme of today, guess what it is? Corn. 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 It's not, it's not karaoke, believe it or not. It's about, it's corn. Um, and to kind of like sh- like kick this corn so corny so. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is going to be a really corny. This is going to be a corny episode. I'm already starting. Yeah, like, yeah it, it has nothing to do with uh, anything, but we are corny people. So I thought I would kick this corn episode off with this corn dog. <laughs> yes so i'm gonna start this corny episode off with eating a corn dog i'm for listen for listeners here we go Ah. that's asmr no nothing Mm. no no ketchup no mustard i didn't even spoil my lipstick it's still intact also people are if they're wearing headphones and you're chewing in their ear this might be a little like sensory yeah oh god Oh god. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so I did say it was gonna be a corny episode. Yeah, but it's not a corny episode without some can corn. Oh shall I? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not even using a fork. You're not. I'm watching not you in the zoo. Nope. 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 Okay. You wash your hands, there's COVID. Remember? I did wash my hands. Okay, good. And then I cooked some. Uh, oh, God. I, I, and then I sanitized with corn oil. <laughs> what? But I thought the next thing I would do is okay. make a corn husk doll. Oh, my God. <laughs> so 
Adele, can you? I, I thought that you might be good at this. Can you give me a tutorial on the? I have literally never made a corn doll in my life. I don't know where you guys want to see where I'm good at that. Okay. No. Okay. We're not gonna do the corn husk doll. We're not gonna do the corn. We're not doing it. I know how to wrap a tamale, but I don't know how to do that. Okay, let me get those corn husks back. <laughs> Um, okay, but uh, better yet, better yet. Now that I've gotten a nice appetizer, I think it's time for the the protein, the main event, the the start meat, of the, show. the start of the show, the meat and potatoes. We got abasolo. I said that's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whiskey, dude, and uh, we're not stopping there. Oh, we're not. This is a corn. This is a corny, so, corny episode. I can't. I can't nail that down. Cornisode. Corn. Uh, epic. Epic. This is an epic corn. We also have a liqueur de lote. Nixta. Yes. Yeah. Delicious I, stuff. I mean, you can let it go. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have one more corn thing on this episode. Oh frick! What? Uh, our guest. Oh. <laughs> Are you? Did I bring somebody else down here that I forgot about? I'm like, son of a bitch. All right, Adele, you have the honors. Please introduce. Yes, today we have the corn king himself, el rey del maíz, Cesar Abasolo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, welcome, 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 Caesar. This is so excited. This is this is our first cornisode. <laughs> cornisode. Well, can't wait for the corn marathon. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. could you imagine? We are really well, excited to have Caesar on the episode today. He was kind enough to mail us whiskey and some neat stuff. That's what we've been sipping on, if you can't tell. And we're stoked. It's delicious. Thank you so much. Thank you, yeah. Thanks for the kind words. I agree. It is delicious. It's it is bomb. It's special too. This is this is a whiskey that is being produced in Mexico. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's very special for many reasons. But I mean, the the long story very short. If we have time, I, I can go deeper into it or whatever. But Abasolo is made in Mexico. It's made in Gilotepec de Molina Enriquez. The town itself used to be called Gilotepec de Abasolo, hence the name Abasolo whiskey. That is why we called it that. Alma de la Tierra, Soul of the Earth. And it's there's there's other Mexican whiskeys out there, but this is the first to use 100% corn, what we call maíz. And the maíz is cacao simple. I know you yeah, we're tongue twisters here, but... Say that, Shana. Can you say it? Yeah. Caca salolente. Very close. <laughs> close Very enough. Close. Say it one more time. Say it one more time. Caca huasinte. Caca huasinte. Yeah, that was close enough. Close enough. God damn it. <laughs> um, but it's the same hominy corn. It's a non-GMO ancestral corn. That It's the same one that we use in pozole. So here in Christmas, we have posadas coming up. So it's, you know, a very traditional Mexican thing. But this hominy corn has been here for thousands and thousands of years. So we use that corn and then we do the process of nixtamalization. So the same process that you do turn corn into masa to make tortillas, tamales, so all of these things, like flautas, tacos, playudas, tamales, all these things, that is the process of nixtamalization, which is a Mesoamerican cooking technique, predates 4,000 years. And basically, it's an alkaline solution, so lime water, heat, and corn, and it breaks down the outer shell, what you call the pericarp, and you make it moldable for masa. So again, there's so much more to tell, but I'm just giving you that the little 
the little snippets and it's one of the highest whiskey distilleries in the world so it's almost at 8,000 feet in elevation in mexico so that elevation and we do an outdoor aging so double distill and we age in the outdoors which is great it picks up that natural terroir so i don't know if you when you taste it it kind of gives you a little sense of you know mexico i guess so freaking cool i forgot that i made some corn tortillas oh my god (laughs) nice Yes. No, in all honesty, though, last night I made handmade corn tortillas because I was inspired by this this whiskey and I've never made tortillas before. And so I like and then I made it with the masa and water Mm -hmm. and I didn't have the press or anything. So I just used like we call it a wax paper and a rolling pin. And I was like, like amazed how it binds like with just the water, like it's pretty incredible so so yeah so that's basically what the 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 process is when you add that that lime water to the corn it makes it that it's like that so it can bind because if you just have corn you grind it up it doesn't it doesn't do that right so the it's polenta or something it just doesn't bind yeah amazing it's it's yeah it's it's you change the molecular the molecular level of the corn so most people that have made handmade tortillas do it like you right so they get masa they get water done i made handmade tortillas but the process of getting that masa or that flour is a whole other like thing that we forget about on how to get there so a lot of people like yeah we make handmade tortillas here but handmade tortillas like do you nixtamalize and most people are like nixta what like what are you talking about and that's where that whole process of Mesoamerican cooking technique is like just the beauty. It's so, so scientific and so really, it's just and really ancient. Cool. It's so ancient too, which is, yeah. it's really, really cool. Dude, um, this is so rad. I'm like, <laughs> because I literally yesterday I was thinking about it, like, wow, this is really cool how this all like works together very easily. And such, so seems so simple, but clearly it's not as simple as it seems. Huh? What a trip. Yeah, I, I I really like this whiskey a lot. Like, I actually haven't had Mexican whiskey for I don't think. Or if I did, it wasn't memorable. impressive and, I, and memorable. Yeah, because I, I forgot about it. But the first time I had this, you're like, oh, like, whiskey made of corn. And I'm like, isn't, like, most whiskeys made of corn? And you're like, no, this is different. And I'm like, okay, let me try it. And then I tried, and I was like, oh, okay, this is unlike anything I've ever had. And I really enjoy it. I'm glad it's, you said that, yeah. It's 100% corn right right which is again that's less than one percent of the world's whiskeys out there 100 percent corn they all have either barley or rye or some sort of malt in there and uh, this is 100 percent corn so we take the corn and we malt it same cacao simple corn and it's 100 percent corn and most of these mexican whiskeys out there are made in palenques so you can say the whiskey maybe was an afterthought or maybe like oh we're making mezcal but we have corn abundant to us let's make a whiskey but for us leftover type deal Exactly. We made this distillery, like we built this distillery to strictly make these two products. So like from its inception, this is what we did, which is, we're really proud of it. I have a question. Is, does, is the distillation of whiskey at your Palenque, is it? Oh, you're frozen, Shauna. Hello, Shauna. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you look crazy. It. Hey, Shauna. Okay. You might what? back? No. One more time. One more time. I'm, I'm rocking a baby. Yeah. I'm rocking a baby. <laughs> You're back. I'm back, baby. All right. Get rid of this baby. Let's get back into this. Thing. Okay. So my question was, is this, I mean, this might be a dumb question. I don't know, but no. there's no such thing as dumb questions. Only uh, dumb people. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Is there any, any like inspiration or influence from like 
the mezcal production or tequila production in Mexico that goes into like producing a bottle of whiskey? Like, is there any crossover in like the, the production styles at all? Well, yeah. So most of the, some other Mexican whiskeys might use, so they're not hundred percent corn. They might use, you know, bourbon barrels or whiskey barrels or whatever it may be, but the production process, yes, it's simple where they're pretty much, there's no adulteration. Well, I mean, with tequila and mezcal, there is a lot of adulteration. That's our job as bartenders, figuring out which are which, but I don't think there's as much additives or that sort of you know, that whole artificial impact, it hasn't gotten there yet. So for us, yes, absolutely. The, the inspiration comes from all over the world, but the, the beauty of agave is importance of raw material. So I know we were joking around about like the, the corn dog and the canned corn and all these corn, but this is yellow corn dent number two, right? This supreme massive United States corn that is GMO and it's built for not flavor, but for high fruit corn syrup and things of that nature. As far as when you go to Mexico, things are made for flavor, not for yield. So for us, the importance is this corn treating it with the nixtamalization and really just not adulterating it, not over distilling or doing things like that. That's why you can really get a corn flavor. So yes, there's inspiration from the agave world completely. Dude, I'm like, okay. So first of all, I'm getting a bartender nerd boner right now because this is really fucking fascinating. Second of all, this might be problematic <laughs> because oh, wow. we, we literally have an entire like switchboard lighting up of callers coming in right now, which is terrifying for me. I want to run, but I do kind of want to touch a, like two more things about the whiskey and then also you, which yeah, I think please. we're going to get a little bit in more in-depth questions from the yeah. callers about you. But like, where, how did you fall into working with this brand? And like, what's a Caesar story? Give us a Caesar story. Well, I was born in... No, I'm just kidding. No, so I've been in the hospitality industry for man, 16 years plus or so. I'm not doing the math right, but I started at a very fancy restaurant called Chili's as a host. <laughs> oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, five star, very exclusive. Yeah. Chile. Three Michelin star Chili's. And I started as a host and then went buster and to go and you work up, you know, eventually bar back and then, you know, restaurant and restaurant. But eventually I became a bar manager and then bar director through many, many good people. But I was always in the hospitality industry. So hospitality is something that number one is in us Mexicans. Like I'm full Mexican. I know I look white as hell, but I'm full Mexican. And so the happy times that I remember in my family has always been in the kitchen with some music and family. Like everyone's taking turns, cutting things, you know, we're all making things or whatever. So it's bred in me to host people. Like when you come over, like, what can I get for you to drink? Do you want some food? And people are like, whoa, dude, like chill out, you know? <laughs> but anyway, so hospitality industry and I love agave. That was my first love, tequila specifically. And so just becoming friends with people in, in Mexico with agave, tequila, mezcal, I eventually got offered the opportunity to work as a brand ambassador for tequila. So I was a brand ambassador for Tequila Don Fulano. I worked with Tequila Fortaleza and Tequila Arete. So Dang. those people are, are good friends of mine and we're still good friends. And eventually from working that and being a bar industry, one day I get a text from this random number and it's Camille Austin, who is the director of advocacy for our company. And she's known as La Loba, La Loba Alpha. She was Montelobo's uh, Mezcal brand ambassador. 
And she reached out and she said, Hey, Caesar, you know, I kind of did my research and we're launching a new product. I don't know if you're interested, but if you want, let's chat. And so I always say yes to everything. We chatted. And after three or four sessions, it ended up being that we both just really wanted to like each other. Like I was perfect for the brand. The brand was perfect for me. And I, I said yes to the gig. I mean, I tasted it. It reminded me of my childhood, not because I'm an alcoholic when I was a kid, but <laughs> just the, the masa, the corn and all those flavors. You're like, holy crap. Like, I remember this. And I'm like, dude, there's nothing like it. Let's do it. I love the product. I will never be an ambassador for something I don't like. I don't care the money that is attached to it. So yeah, everything went well. I learned about the brand and now I'm here. I'm like spreading the love of maíz. La magia se contagia. Yeah. Love that. I like that you said that it reminded you of, of, of like childhood because when I tried it and it was like via you because you came by my body like, hey, you should try this. I'm like, okay. It, it made me like immediately nostalgic. I'm like, this this tastes like home. And I know it's spe- specifically Christmas for me because it tastes it tastes a lot like champurrado and tamales to me, which it's interesting. There's certain things that like we associate with seasons, like corn here. I feel like it's associated with the summertime. But for me, I think of corn as like a winter thing because champurrado and tamales are like the thing that I eat this time of year. Wait, when I gotta I stop it, you because you gotta uh, explain what uh, it is. What champurrado? It's like a it's like a traditional like winter drink. It's basically Mexican hot chocolate with uh with but you put masa in it. So you put a little bit of corn masa, so it's very thick, almost like a like it's, in, a, like, it's a Mexican eggnog. Yeah, right? basically, yeah, it's like an eggnog, but no eggs, just yeah. masa instead. So it's very thick and chocolatey, and that's what we drink for Christmas. Kind of like you, we do, you do eggnog here. So when I had that, I was like, dude, this reminds me of Christmas, and it was very nostalgic for me. But it's something that's so specific to to explain to somebody who's not from Mexico. And that's, I feel like that's maybe where you, your job comes in. How do you communicate this to people who are not from Mexico? How do you make them understand that these are the flavors of Mexico's. And I think that's really cool. That's so funny because as soon as I dove into this bottle, first thing I was like, okay, I totally get the corn. Like, yeah, I could taste those flavors of sweet corn, like delicious sweet corn. But then as I sat with it for a second, that's what popped in. I was like, this tastes like cocoa. This tastes like, yeah, like a kind of a, like a Spanish Mexican cocoa of some sort, (laughs) you know, and I'm not familiar with that cock or the drink you're talking about. Um, I'll make it for you. Or, What's up? Is there usually booze in that or is it more like hot chocolate? It's more like hot chocolate. Well, it depends. Your uncle definitely puts booze in it. But <laughs> Everyone has a drunk uncle. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, but, but not traditionally, no. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm really, I'm really would like to try that, that drink yeah. because now I'm like, okay, now I'm completely imagining what you're, you're referring to at this point. I want to make it for you. <sighs> That'll be the second session. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole, we could do a webinar on it. Ooh. Do we just have have a universal brain? Ooh. (laughs) We could do it. We could do a champurrado, a spike champurrado webinar. I'm down. I'm down. It's funny you said that because I just put, posted some, uh, or the, the brand just posted some holiday cocktails. So I did like a, a ponche navideño, spike, yeah. like atole, champurrado, pinole, porchata. Oh, pinole. I haven't had that in years. Yum. Okay, guys. Ring, ring. There is, it's going off the charts over here. Ugh, I can't hold it back. I can't hold it back. Oh, here we go. Hey, I was wondering how launching a brand during pandemic has been doing for you guys thank you that's a straight to the point question that's a good yeah. question well great question i like that they muted the people in the background <laughs> shut up shut up 
Um, yeah. So yeah, we launched May of this year and it was difficult. We were going to, we were, we thought about it. Are we going to pause? Or are we going to continue? Cause obviously this had been in the works for a very long time. COVID happened. And before we launched, well, so we all took a breather and we said, okay. And then out of nowhere, Hey, can everyone jump on zoom in 15 minutes? And we're like, all right, this is, we're pulling the plug. Like, this is it. We're all going to be like, you know, next. And our boss. And so long story short, you know, we're like, all right, this is it. You know, we're all side texting, like, Hey, it was great working with you for the short time or whatever. And, and then our boss is like, Hey, so I've been giving it a lot of thought. All these restaurants and all these bars are going to really suffer uh, through COVID and there's going to be a lot of loss. And, you know, she, you know, we could already foretell that it was going to be a grim time. So instead of pausing, we're going to donate 100% of our profits to the, to the bar community or to a donation of our choice. And we're like, what? And they're like, so I want you guys all to take a day, look up your, you know, your organizations or charities that you want to work with. And we'll have a meeting tomorrow. And we're going to decide all as a whole, as a community on a charity so we all like looked in you know we need a 501c3 so no one's getting taxed or whatever we ended up uh, partnering up with another round another rally mm, and so awesome. so we we partnered up with them and made by bartenders for bartenders they were going to launch bartenders weekend but obviously that got delayed and it's like amanda gunderson travis nass and chris patino and so it just ended up being the right fit and we did that all the way to August. 100% of our profits went um, to another round, another rally. And we ended up raising over $50,000, which was really great. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And, and we donated prior to that. But the goal was all these people because USBG funds, we maybe some people weren't going to get it or people that weren't bartenders because all the bartenders, like we get all the fame and glory most of the time, you know, but it's like the dishwashers and the cooks and all these people that are like behind. Barbacks, the bussers. Oh, sure. The people that don't. So that was kind of our main goal to get people that were undocumented. So if you were undocumented, we said, don't worry. Like, it's okay. If you didn't have a bank account, we'd Venmo you. If you couldn't Venmo, we'll give you a a gift card. Like if you didn't have a computer, we'd, I, I was a translator in Spanish. So even if you don't speak English, I would translate for some people and they're like, I don't have a computer. So I would do everything for them. And like, it was just a really cool process. And that's a great organization. Another round. Oh, another I love round. that. Yeah. Is so rad. And what a way to get back to, especially with such a craft, like niche product, because ultimately as your bartenders and the people in the industry who are going to, who are going to make your product popular because the average consumer maybe doesn't really know much about Mexican whiskey or corn liqueur or these flavors. So what a way to get back to people who are going to, in the long run, be the ones supporting your brand. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Bravo, Fran. Bravo. Blancha. <laughs> Whatever she said. <laughs> oh, wait. Salute. I did the wrong one. Yeah. There you go. More, more high I don't know about that, Shona. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. Okay. Oh, okay, crap. Here we go. I would like to ask Cesar, what is his favorite drummer and what does that drummer make you feel and how do you connect with this drummer because i know that drumming is an essential part of your life tell us about it and what music means to you thank you i love that question i think the la symphony was behind him back there <laughs> yeah i think i know who that is that's an awesome question a lot of pressure favorite drummer that's a big question there's so many inspirations but i would probably say that like when I first started playing, I was like, all right, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin. I was like, that's the sound I want. That's what I want to be like, whatever. And Solid then the more, choice. 
that was solid, but it was also safe, I guess, because everyone like I would go to Guitar Center and they're like, "What kind of sound do you want?" I'm like, "John Bonham." They're like, "Get in line, buddy." So does everyone. <laughs> You're like, I get to get in a drummer god line? I'm in. <laughs> hey, no stairway. <laughs> the more and more I like started digging in, I think I ended up with Mitch Mitchell, which is the drummer for Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Oh, dang. That's like um, a that's a sideline one. Yeah, he, he was very underrated because Jimi Hendrix was such a god like that he over, you know, he overshadowed them. But after like digging into like a lot of biographies and things like that, they would never really not almost not have a say on what they were going to play. And they would only have like they would go into the studio and Jimmy's like, this is what we're going to do. And most of them were like jams. Like Jimmy's like, this is what it's going to be. Get on the spot. And he crushed it and nailed it. And the reason I connect with them is just the the fact of feel more than like yes your training comes to play but it's more of feel you can be like the best and fastest drummer but if you don't have any like soul in you ivy yeah yeah if you don't have a vibe or soul like you're dying you can't if you can't adjust you know so i would say mitch mitchell that was a great question you want to know shauna's yeah it's scott cody willis from big business and the guy from the melvins (laughs) i know that because she's my heterosexual life partner i know everything about her Oh man! <laughs> oh my god! I just know that because she took me to a show and she's like, "The drummer, just pay attention to the drummer. It's gonna be the best drummer you've ever seen." I'm like, "All right." So and I went. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's the best drummer I've ever seen." She was totally it, right. Yeah, he's amazing. That's like, right. and, but then the two drummers when they do the Super Melvins and they both come together and play together like exactly the same freaking time it's so amazing it's so amazing i've shows so much oh you remember oh, those god fuck. i just built a jam space in in our apartment unit here and i have the drum set and the whole space set up and i'm like i'm just itching for people to come over to jam with me hey, I'm like, please please don't please please, please don't tell me i'll be over there oh dude now you are we're definitely i don't even care for masks we can wear gas masks <laughs> we'll sort of band called the gas masks and we're gonna gonna be called the covid gas masks i like that i think that's a hit (laughs) instant hit i'll be your manager it's gonna be great yeah did we just like set up a band i'll be no i'll be your tour manager because i'm there for the party okay oh that's super fair yeah (laughs) adele will will shake her i'll get the booze she'll she'll put her leg up in the air tour manager yeah it's gonna be great are you ta- are you talking about a tour manager or a groupie i'm like confused right now oh that's fair that's fair I'm, well i gotta lure them in right so I gotta act like <laughs> okay. a wait you're luring <laughs> the groupies in yeah okay. so okay. you're head groupie yeah i'm he- yes yes that's well, my title almost famous we're not groupies we're oh what? i'll be like what's your name band aids yeah band-aids. there you go what are they there called band what band aids oh that's right that's, that's what right. i'll be i'll bring the snacks i'll bring the party You'll bring the whiskey. It's yeah, you bring the whiskey. <laughs> I'll bring the corn dogs. <laughs> you have to have food legally. There you go. That's true. It's COVID. All right. Here we go. So I have two questions. The first one is what inspired you to play music, to play the drums, the guitar, the bass? Uh, what made you want to do that? Second question is what are your goals for 2021? I'm giving you long-term goals and some short-term goals let me know have a good day Bye. all right knows a, I think he's an interview. i'm pretty sure that was an interview <laughs> let me know say, uh, let yeah. me know <laughs> people know you as a drummer that makes me very curious about 
You're drumming celebrity status. Yeah. Well, there's none. Because <laughs> uh, it's COVID. No. It's COVID. So what did you say? What What are, since I play music, what inspired me? I think actually, so I before I played drums, I played, my first instrument was violin and then it was trumpet. And then, yeah. And so, but I always wanted to play the drums. And since I was such a child with ADD and fucking bouncing around all the time, they're like, do not give that kid a pair of sticks. Like he'll, he's going to be crazy. So I got the, the violin and I was like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> uh, I hate this. Yeah. And then one day, actually my buddy, um, my buddy, Andy, who I consider my brother, I just saw him ripping on guitar. Cause I was at a park and he was my coach, but then one day I saw him playing guitar and he like stunned me and I was like, Hey, I have a guitar at home. If I bring it, can you like fix it? And and he's like, yeah. So I brought it over. He restrung it. He did everything. And then he's like, well, what do you want to learn? Taught me some, some chords. And then I was really into Nirvana and the doors at the time and like Blink-182 and like all those little things. So or all the small, all things. small things. Hey! Uh, <laughs> um, and, um, and so, yeah, he started teaching me and we would, after they closed the park down, which is at like 9 PM, he, like we had to keep it hush hush. And then he would teach me. And then I became a roadie for him. And then eventually just kind of going there. And I was a guitarist for a couple bands, but for one of the bands, the drummer would never show up. So, you know, you see a f- band thing. It's like stepbrothers, like I'm going to play that shit and I'm going to be. So I just started playing the drums and I just taught myself. I'm a self-taught drummer, so I'm not professional at all. And yeah, it was, it was great. I'm now in drums and I enjoy it more than ever. Okay. Cesar, I got to like, just chime in for a second. You might be the male version of me. Oh, because yeah, because literally I'm blow. My mind is being blown right now because when I was my, I grew up in a musical family, but when I was like, I want to say six years old, I started learning music and violin was the first one. It was like, go, my sister took piano. I took violin. Nope. That lasted for like, I learned like two songs. I was like, "Ah, I can't, I can't do it. And then going to sixth grade, I was like, I want to play drums. Dad, I want to play drums. My dad's a musician owned a music store. And he's like, you can't play drum. Or he goes, you can play drum Shauna, but you have to like carry them everywhere, set them up and like break them down and then just like carry them everywhere. And I was like a tiny little kid. I was like, that sounds horrible. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, then I looked at the rest of the instruments and I saw trumpet and had three buttons. So I was like, Oh, well, I'll just play trumpet because that seems easy. <laughs> so I chose a trumpet, played that, and then learned guitar after that and played in a band and playing guitar and a little bit of bass. And then now I my I've always a little bit dabbled in drums, but now I played my only thing I play is drums at this point. It's the only thing I like to play. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it just happened. Anyways, like, I, my guys, mind is blown. Uh, good seeing you. I'm going to leave Adele, the meeting. Take care. Adele, <laughs> you're our, you're our band aid. Oh, yeah, I'm the, back I'm, here. I'm the, I'll play the tambourine. No, I'll probably be super offbeat. I've been I trying to get be Adele like band aid. We always need bass players, Adele. I know. Boom, boom, boom. I can definitely make my bass face. We need the. Yeah. Oh, do that. That's a good bass face. Oh, right? that's all you need for bass. <laughs> I'll be like Sid Vicious. Just unplug me, and I'll just pretend. <laughs> Dude, done. It'll be great. It'll be great. You got the face. That's half the battle. <laughs> there you go. Okay, sorry, derailed again. Okay, second part of that question is. Oh, what was the second part? Oh, oh, it was uh music, and then goals. goals. Oh yeah, goals. Goals for twenty twenty one. Goals for 2021. Well, I'm getting married on 20 in 2021. So I'm <gasps> when? Uh, April 15th. 
No, oh, I'm getting married April 3rd. Well, oh, what? Hopefully, hopefully, getting married April 3rd. Well, don't worry, you will. I mean, I the don't know, man. The volume of it or the amount of people will might change, but yes, you yes. Where are you getting married? Uh, down in Tequila, actually, down at Fortaleza. Oh, I'm getting yes. married in, in Valle de Guadalupe. Nice. Yes. Anyway, derail. Anyways, well, right. congratulations. Oh, that's great. Let me know if you need a bartender. I'll be there. Dude, and, likewise, yeah. I'll be there okay. with well, bells and whistles. <laughs> uh, Shana, you, you're the drummer, all right? So. All right. Yeah. I'll be the one man band. I got cymbals on my knees and like I'll play a bunch of uh, Primus. <laughs> that's the best wedding music, Frank. <laughs> Very romantic. <laughs> With the bass, I don't know how to play. <laughs> my, my mom would think you're a fucking like. She's like, get her out of here. She's like, <laughs> out. You know, she bring like, a crucifix, like. Pobrecita la mija. But I'll just I'll just plug in like the bass into a the amp and do Adele's bass face the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So- yeah. Anyways, so that's I'm really stoked on that goal. Obviously, we're we're planning it out, and we're still gonna get married. We just see how many peeps uh, will be welcomed or join us. And then long term goal, man, I haven't thought that far. I guess no, it would be to it would really uh, be to like inspire people. I want to like I've been inspired, and now I'm in a position to you know we're we're at a growing company and things like that. We're a very small company. It's only twelve of us, but whoever's below me or starts getting to this company, I really want to like have that connection and just kind of bring the the soul and and spread that like raza de masa and just have people know what nixtamalization is what ancestral corn is I, I think we overlook it because we see it so much and tacos every day and tostadas and we're like how did it get there or whatever we don't think about it but i would love for people to start paying attention to the little things so maybe that's a long-term goal I mean, that. you're you're already starting. You already got that goal going right now. So I'm educating it, it now. Shit. <laughs> I feel like I've, I'm just a baby still. And I just I've just grown into a toddler. I've <laughs> 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 got a, a rocking a baby. Rocking a baby. Rocking a baby. I think the whiskey's working. Here's a go. Oh, color. My name is Katie. I'm from California, and I saw that you guys will be speaking with Cesar Sandoval tomorrow from Abasolo. And my question to him is, how can we use Abasolo at home? What kind of cocktails can we make? What does he recommend? Something that's kind of simple to keep us all sane um, while we're locked up at home. Thanks so much for letting me ask the question. Have a great day and good luck. Oh, what a nice girl. I know. Can we be friends with her too? I know. Yeah, she sounds so nice. Yeah. Easy cocktails. Well, we're drinking one right now. So with the Abasolo and the Nixta, you got to just add some bitters, Angostura, orange, mole, whatever you want. You have an old fashioned. So two ounces of a solo, half ounce Nixta and a couple dashes of Ango. And- That's what I'm having, but I'm having that with the Ango cocoa. The new one that they came out with? Oh God, tell me about it, Adele. Dude. Oh, the this chocolate? one. Yeah, loop up my ear holes, Adele, on that. I like it. So I did two ounces of Abasolo, half ounce of Nixta. I did three dashes of this bad boy. Delightful. It's tight. Solages? Are you like a bar chef or something? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's perfect. That's easy, and you get all like. Corn here, corn there, pot, pot, pot. And so it's just like really cool to bring it all together. Yeah. Um, and and this corn dog too. Like, <laughs> get it. 
Yes. So that's one. And highball is probably like the simplest and easiest too, like abasolo y topo, or what we call the Mexican highball. So Mexican whiskey, two ounces, topo chico, and then lemon twist. Yeah. And then now that we're coming up to the hot months or to the hot months, to the winter months, like a hot cocktail, like a hot toddy, just lemon juice, honey, a little bit of, you know, bitters if you want and whiskey. I, for me, I would want to bump it, bump that cocktail up with something a little more like the, with the cocktail that I don't remember the name with the chocolate, like highlight those chocolate flavors. Yeah. Like some cinnamon or like some baking spice. Yeah. So with the Nixta, what's really cool about this is that I know you guys are very big fans of liquor 43 and things like that. This is great. Like in any of those cocktails with a different twist Nixta. So like two ounces of that with espresso Americano, like make a carajillo. Mm. Um, You can add a little bit of almond milk, oat milk or heavy cream, shake it up and like, I, I had a Snickers in the freezer, so I just grated. Oh some- yeah, baby! Holiday. Oh yeah, what? holidays, baby! I haven't yeah. even thought about. Yeah, that. definitely coffee. I think would go really well with it. You know, so we all know that we love Liquor Forty Three in this house, but this also makes a fantastic. Like, yeah, yeah. No, not competing with Liquor Forty Three at all. I love them too, but, but it's delicious. Yeah. There's no, there's only but only but love on the back of our bars, <laughs> like. Whatever sits back there, we're going to be using. So, yeah. nope. oh gosh, I feel bad. This person's been waiting for a long time on our on our caller board. So we better get to it. You better pay your phone bill. Yes, I had a question for the Abasolo cocktail about mash builds and what makes Abasolo a unique build to the rest of the whiskeys out there. Thank you so much. Nice. Somebody knows whiskey. Oh, I know. We got a whiskey nerd in the house. Hey. Burr, 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 burr. We got a whiskey nerd. <laughs> Sound the nerd alert. Nerd alert. Nerd Sound alert. the trumpet. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm like, wait, well, is a question. I'm so. <laughs> did, like, did, like, did we totally just alienate a listener? <laughs> no, not at all. Like, not. Listener, don't get mad. Uh, mash build. Well, the unique part about this mash build is. Like I was telling you earlier is that mash bills are usually, you know, rye, barley, corn, or a mixture of these or whatever, you know, you have scotch, you have Irish, and then you have uh, bourbon and all these good things. But the unique thing about this is this is 100% corn. So it's a mash build of 100% corn. There's nothing else. It's an ancestral corn. And, uh, And yeah, I mean, we germinate our corn. We do a long fermentation, double distill, and then age outdoors. So that's the whole unique part about it. It's the first one to ever do this process of nixtamalization. So there's so many unique things. But as far as just mash build, it's a sweet mash build, by the way, not a sour. I mean, it's 100% corn. That's there you go, caller. There you go. Yes, I was wondering about the flavors that come out um, in the Abasolo whiskeys. What are they? Thank you. I got this one. It's delicious. It's delightful. Definitely a party. I will put it in my mouth daily. (laughs) Just, okay. I was going to (laughs) go. I knew. I set you up, man. I set you up. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. No, bring it back in. Horsemanship. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Like flavor profile. So, cacao simple is a Nahual word for cacao, for chocolate. So, that's why, you know, it resembles a cacao pod. Simple is dried corn on the cob, but little light paprika, little minerality. I get a lot of chamomile tea or black tea, definitely some chocolate, cinnamon, and of course, maize, baby, the corn, unlike you've ever had it. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until just got really like that. Yeah. 
I set you up for that one, I guess. I was just like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no, Adele. Oh, no. Wrong one. It's this one. It's got ridges. Oh. <laughs> for our, for all of our pleasure. Uh, Rip for your drinking. Oops, my face got hot you guys I'm, uh, I, I'm curious if i'm curious if anyone ever knows what's gonna happen on this podcast i mean like people who are listening and don't have video they're probably like god these guys are how drunk are these <laughs> like these guys are buffoons they're like they're definitely not social distancing right now which if oh, we, we were we together are. we probably wouldn't we'd be like oh and we would be like rubbing those ridges like nobody's business <laughs> Oh, God. I'll leave that up to the imagination. Oh, God. Uh, Just have a yay. bottle and feel what we're talking about. And we're all getting married, and I'm married already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh my God, there's another caller. Here we go. Hey, I have some friends who've been talking about Abisolo. Uh Can you tell me how it differs from some of the other corn whiskeys that are on the market? Thank you. Yeah, well, we kind of talked about it, but I mean, the one and only uh, spirit, not only whiskey, but just a spirit in general that does the process of nixtamalization. Uh, distillery is one of the highest in the world. And I mean, there's so much more, but we kind of already covered that basis. And, and you know, for people that are not crazy, like whiskey nerds or super, like super knowledgeable whiskey, for me, at least, I mean, whiskey is not like my spirit of choice. So like I always know, oh, like has to be 51% corn or whatever to be considered blah, blah, blah. So uh, for me, I would say, well, what's the difference between this and the flavor profile of a regular whiskey, which is mostly corn? But once you try, you realize that it's a huge difference than, than a bourbon or whiskey that you find on the market that's only 51 or whatever percent corn. Yeah. And I agree with you in, this, in the fact that we come from the agave world where you can get a lot of vegetal notes like that you wouldn't get in other whiskey. It's just because of the raw material. So like me coming from tequila, agave, mezcal this is like a really nice transition. It's like, it's almost like whiskey meets an agave spirit. In the right. Game. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Fucked. Yeah. And they, and they met and this baby's fucked. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rocking a baby, rocking a baby, rocking the whiskey no. baby, rocking the whiskey mezcal baby. <laughs> I like Adele's like, no, Shana, no, oh, no, Shana, no. <laughs> Okay, here we go, another caller. Hello, I would like to leave a few questions for Cesar Sandoval for his interview today. So question number one, how does nixtamalization transform corn? Question number two, what is your favorite cocktail and why? Question number three, when did you fall in love with spirits? Question number four, how do you think Mexican whiskey will position itself in the spirit world over the next few years? And question number five, what is your cocktail or food guilty pleasure and why? Ooh. Thanks, guys. I can't wait to tune in today. Okay, so we got a, that a job interview. <laughs> Did I get the job? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, uh, I'm going to delegate this a little bit as the podcast person. So we're going to do like uh, one sentence to one word answers on these. Okay. Okay. I, the, this panel no, is no, like getting crazy. Here. And I'll kind of delegate these best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Okay. Uh, and I, I, we might have to replay it. Uh, okay. So question number one, how does Nixta trans 
Okay, so that doesn't Decimalization. We, we, so it breaks down the pericarp, the outer shell that all corn has, and it converts corn, or, or like, it only exposes the true corn flavor, but also makes it malleable to masa. Bam. Boom. Number two, what's your favorite cocktail? Oh, fuck. Um, it's my mood. I'd have to say overall, maybe like a Boulevardier. No. Oh, God. A daiquiri. Awesome. Yeah. We can all super We can all get on that. that. We can get on the daiquiri train. All right. All right. Next one is when did you fall in love with spirits? Um, I think when I when I went to tequila for the first time was when I truly fell in love with spirits. That's a good answer. All right. Number four. How do you think Mexican whiskey will position itself in the spirit world over the next few years? I think it's gonna grow. I, I hope this this whiskey really inspires not only people, but other producers to start looking at chefs or at cooking processes like maximization in their own region, whether that be France, Italy, whatever, and just kind of start bringing out the history books and like going back in time instead of trying to go forward in time. I love that. And finally, don't you worry. We're going to get through this. What is your cocktail or food guilty pleasure? Cocktail guilty pleasure, a grasshopper. Chili's days. Chili's. Food. Uh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'd have to skip that one. What guilty pleasure food. Oh, you know, what's a guilty pleasure is a, a shrimp cocktail, but like the white kind. I don't know. Really With there. a cocktail sauce. Yes. That, that oh, one. I love yep, that. Yep. The white kind. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah. The one with the cocktail sauce and the horseradish. With the little, with the little shrimps or the big shrimps. Oh, hell no. No, he's not a peasant, Shauna. <laughs> Wait, what is, I don't even understand that. I'm Mexican, but not a peasant. Shana. <laughs> <laughs> you go, should I be offended right now? <laughs> Uh, okay well that was a rapid fire and i think i got the job you did it you did it oh boom here hi i have three questions for Caesar. one is why should i drink mexican whiskey number two is uh favorite recipe for christmas cocktail with mixta and number three is where does he get his uh, shampoo and conditioner thank you I know who that is. I, I thought he was gonna say where instantly. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say where do you get your shrimp cocktail? And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I know who that is. Um, uh, shampoo and conditioner at the ninety-nine cent store. Uh, holiday cocktail easiest with Nixta is literally get an horchata from any taco shop or Jamaica. Or and make it. Don't be lazy. I would make yeah, it. Don't be yes. punks. It's Christmas. But, but, but if you want to go support local, I guess maybe. Go. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, oh, yeah go you got me local. there. You gotcha. got me there. Don't get the, don't get the Kerns horchata, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't get the Kerns horchata. Horchata, Nixta, done, or Jamaica, Basolo, done. So it's easiest way Easy peasy. to do it. And then I forget what the other question was. It was, what was the first part? Why should he drink Mexican whiskey? Oh, yeah. That's a better question. Because it's Mexican. Yeah. And he sounded like him. I know he's Mexican, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, Caesar. So I was just calling because when we worked together, you always talked about the fact that because of your appearance, a lot of clientele will assume you don't speak Spanish and speak Spanish (laughs) in front of you. 
do you have any really funny or like horror stories of people saying things that they probably wish you hadn't overheard? Talk about stories, huh? That is good. That's All right. Good, right? That's I'm gonna pour a, myself a little one for this one. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So when I used to manage a bar, my bartender Sergio at the time was was bartending a group of ladies. It was like five older Mexican ladies, right? They're all sitting at the bar. They're all having a blast. You know, they're like sisters, aunts, whatever having a great time and he's taking care of him. And he clearly right off the bat started speaking Spanish to him. And I wasn't at the bar. I was managing the bar. So I was just making sure everything's good. And then, you know, once, you know, a bunch of tickets came in, I had to jump in. So I jump in and the girl right away, without even like, without even me saying hello, she tells the other girl, she goes, and she goes, ah, mira como te gustan sin pelo. Like, look at the guy that you like, kind of like the ones you want with like a bald guy, like like all these <laughs> Yeah, and the other girl's like, I see, I mean, like, I love bald men. And then one of them, like, like right in front, I'm building cocktails and I'm really trying to keep like, I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything, whatever. And then the middle one's like, no, I like them with hair. I want to pull on something like when I'm have them in bed. <laughs> oh my god. And so I'm like, oh man, like this is getting better and better. And then the other girl, then one girl says, Oh, honey, there's always something to pull on. And oh, then, my God. And I just kept it. I, like, finished, and I had to, like, walk off and laugh. And so I told my bartender, I'm like, this is what happened. And it was all in Spanish, so it was, like, cracking up. And he's like, dude, you got to tell them that you speak Spanish. And I was like, no, I feel bad. Like, I don't want to ruin their experience. Like, you know, I don't want to make them feel, like, embarrassed. Like, let them have their fun. It's all good. What's so, the satisfaction, though? That I know, I know. So good. I, feel, I feel like that would be like one of those situations where you leave a little note on the receipt where it'd be like, there is always something to pull on. <laughs> so the story gets better because it doesn't oh, end there. Because I thought it would end there. You know, I was like, I'm not going to ruin it, whatever. They asked for their check. All right, have a good one, ladies. Take care. Bye. And they leave. And so I'm just like wiping the table all quick. And then I see a pair of glasses on the chair that they left behind. So I'm like, oh shit. So I grab their glasses, I run outside. And then I'm like, Hey, lady, in Spanish, I'm like, senora, senora. She, like, turns around. I was like, sus lentes. Like, here you go. And she's like, oh, gracias. And then like, <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. And she just turns red. And she's like, oh, my God. And just walks towards her friends. <laughs> so I got to have the final say, but without ruining their whole, like. You're like, hasta luego. Nos vemos yeah. pronto. <laughs> like, senora, tus lentes. And she's like, ay, muchas gracias. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's, uh, it's so, but yeah, that's that's so, so good. Sorry, sorry, hard. My dog just came in. Hey, hey, <laughs> my dog. Like that's like the best thing about being able to speak different languages. I'm like, if oh, I like try to learn Spanish so much my whole life. Like growing up in California, and like I took Spanish lessons in high school and stuff. But and like I. I'm like, Adele, teach me Spanish as much as possible. And I'm like, let's do Spanish episodes, all this stuff. But like, I think I just need to like go move to Mexico for like three years and then knock I mean, it out. But ma the mainly just so I could do that. Just so I could be like, <laughs> I mean, I've had the opposite experience. People like come up to me thinking I don't speak English. And I'm like, I mean, that's a, that's a fair assumption to make. I am very brown, but don't assume because I'm brown, I don't speak English. That's kind of, it's kind of fucked up. Don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. exactly. And you know what? There are other places you can pull on. Just saying. There's many other places you can pull on or hold on to. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like this Nixta bottle. That's right. There you go. Hey. 
rip for your flesh. <laughs> hey, this I uh, always got a corn dog. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, okay, so I have a couple questions. One, if compensation was irrelevant, like you made the exact same money, benefits, etc., at either job, would you rather be a full-time bartender or full-time doing brand work and why? And then my other question is, with your new job working for a liquor brand full-time, do you find that it's easier or more difficult? Mm, excuse me more difficult to um, find time to do things like music and travel and be social um, or if that was easier with kind of a flexible bar schedule. Dude, cool question. We've never got a question question. like that about like time and money. Yeah, that's it. I think if, you know, it's not so much the time and money. If I could choose it, it would be bartending for sure. I love being behind the stick and love talking to people and that instant gratification. That's me all day, but it's not sustainable on my body. So it's more of like body wear and tear. That so part. Really, the time that and part. money, it could be the same. It could be the benefits. Everything could be the same. It's really just about the body. Like I would come home with some, I mean, I was doing cupping and acupuncture at least once a week. Cause I was just, I couldn't like my body. so much. Yeah. That's um, a lot. It's a lot. So the great thing about the brand work is that I feel like I'm representing my bartenders or the hospitality industry instead of like, you know, some people with a suit, they're like, Hey, you know, like here's this and that. And I don't really know anything about bartending but it works great in cocktails like i can honestly speak as a bartender to bartender so it's cool to kind of merge those two worlds yeah exactly so and then traveling wise i was actually traveling well it's not fair because of covid but i was traveling more as a bartender because as a bartender not a bar manager as a bartender because it's like all right well i just asked for these days off like figure it out kind of like see you later like i can just dip and now with this brand work which was I'm, I'm national. I'm the whole United States. So I, yes, I'm supposed to travel right now with COVID not, but I know my, my traveling is going to get real hectic real quick, probably more like 2022. Yeah. I think that like simplified the versatility of bartending for your own life is what's so great about it. And then when you are working, you can kind of apply all your creativity and being social and like knock it all out in your own work, but still like execute the things you really want to do. What, where bartending really does screw you up is it's just really hard on your body and your, those late hours really, really do kill you after yeah, many, many not, years of not doing sustainable. it. It's, it's yeah. a very great way of putting sucks. it. And like for, yeah, it's great. Cause it's such a great job to have, but it's really not sustainable. And for me that I just recently made the change to make the transition to brand work. I got to tell you, having weekends off is really nice. It's something that I've never had in my entire working career as an adult. I started having a job when I was 15. It's always been the service industry. I'm 15. So it's been 16 years in the service industry. I've never had weekends off. So now having those, it's, it's really special to me because my fiance doesn't work nine to five. So I get to spend time with them. And then, and you can relate to this uh, Caesar, like a Mexican, like holidays and weekends and, and, and family gatherings are very special to me. So for the first time I can go home for the holidays, right? I can do these things that before I wasn't able to do. So that's really sacred to me and really cool. But I do miss, I do miss being behind the stick. So if I can have the benefits of this while being behind the stick and a bionic robot body, I'd still be a bartender. I do it. I think, I think for me, I just want to, I would, I want to keep the early hours 
I've literally been going to bed at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night every night since COVID, but just throw the party. I just want to be the party thrower, you know, because that's fun. Like, and that's what you do every single night as a bartender. It's just like you literally, but think of yourself as a host who, if you're not a bartender, think of yourself hosting the party at your house or like, and then you're doing that every single night. There's so, a party every night and you get to host it. That's right. what bartending I mean, is. I could really. not agree with you more down the, the, you know, spending time with your fiance because same, she works at a hospital. We never saw each other. I'm like, well, I'm going to miss that party and everything. So pros and cons to both. But I think as bartenders, we, once we get older, we start seeing like, Hey, I need to become something in the brand world or turn to the dark side. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a sellout. <laughs> All right, here we go. I have another question for Caesar, which is, have you ever watched Shit's Creek? And if you have not, why are you such a monster and a terrible human? You need to watch it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, right? You've never watched Shit's Creek? I have because my fiance loves that show and I completely hate it. <laughs> it's so uh, funny. I just started watching it like a month ago and I binged it and I was like, everybody's right. This show is hilarious. It's so good. I, yeah, listen, I know I'm going to be hated by many on this, but I just don't, I haven't given it like, it's been 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, what? It's like reality TV almost. And I'm just like, God, this sucks. Like, have I'm you like, ever lived in LA? No. If you live in LA, it resonates a lot with a lot of people I okay. know. Well, it really does. We were kindred spirits there for a second, Caesar, but no, <laughs> just saying. But you could probably be buddies with my husband because he can't stand the show either. <laughs> There you go. I mean, if I don't get one, I'll get the other. There we go. We can still jam. Front baby. This question is for Caesar. What advice would you give someone who is wanting to become a, an ambassador for a brand or how to get to that level of communication, that type of opportunity? That's a great question. Really good question. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things, but I think the short answer there is in times of regular, when we will get back to regular, obviously, but is not being the most ever being the most intoxicated or really just intoxicated in general. Like you can be drunk and having a good time, but you need to cut yourself off. I've never been super drunk where like I've made a fool out of myself. Find a mentor, like actual set goals and write them on a whiteboard of like, who do you follow and why? Like, why do you want to be like Chris Patino is always a, an inspiration to me, just how many people love and admire him. And that was his goal. Right. So I was like, ask him questions, like drop on the DM and say, Hey, I just get, do you have five, 10 minutes? I just want to ask you some couple questions. So never being over intoxicated, always kind of being a professional and do not burn any bridges. So most bartenders, they'll just jump from bar to bar to bar. Never in my life have I not had a job? I've never had a real like vacation since I've been 15. And it was because whatever job I was going to, it was like, Hey, I'm giving you guys two months in advance or a one month notice. I'm going to another bar. Like, is there anything you need? Can I train someone before I leave? It was never like two weeks. See you later. So never burn bridges. Cause you never know who you're going to work for. I love that. And that is so true, especially because uh, bartending is such a small community and, you, and people underestimate that. So if you talk shit about somebody or do something real stupid, chances are the next job that you're really excited about, somebody has heard about you or has seen you that you don't, you're unaware of. So always be very, very wary of what you do in front of people, especially like 
I know we all make mistakes. We've all done them as, when we're younger, but as you get older, it's like, dude, like you can't be acting that way in a professional setting. Cause somebody here is going to know somebody at the next place you're going to try to work at always. The world is small, but even the smaller is the bar community that we have. hundred so percent. People are going to do their research and be like, Oh dude, if you were that guy or that girl that was too drunk or, Oh, it was that guy that did that. Like, it's like that movie. It's a guy that f- forgot to close their tab. It's that guy who didn't tip well. It's a guy who got in a fight. It's a guy we, who grabbed yeah. the bar. You know, it's like we work in a fuzzy industry because we're serving alcohol, but we do not forget. Nope. <laughs> especially if you're, yeah, especially yeah. if you did something fucking stupid, we oh, all remember. But also on the flip side, we're also very forgiving people. So it's like if you do screw up, like just say it's like, I'm really sorry I screwed up. And everyone's usually been like, Dude, we totally get it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But I also think that people just love to see other people burn sometimes and then they can pull some dirt on you for absolutely no reason. A lot of people will. So just, just yeah, be but careful I think honesty always honesty, Yeah, and I think honesty always is the best policy, though. Honestly, yeah. like, because it's like, we we work in alcohol. We're drug yeah. Drugs, you know? And so, like, ultimately, every one of us is going to screw up at some point. You know? No, that yeah, 100%. So, I, mean, I know I've yeah, done it. Yeah. I've never done. Well, I, I, I mean, well, there's that. I've been I've been kicked out of I don't know how many bars in my life. But not I mean not in LA. Um <laughs> That's true. I, I well, I mean, but I I have behaved very poorly many 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 times. I only get drunk at the bar that I worked at because they're all my best friends and they'll be like, "All right, you gotta go home. You didn't guess. Be like, You're being okay. a dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. Because they're all like, but I mean, it's a bar that I worked at for five and a half years. That's the only yeah. bar I ever gotten like super shitty at. But I think if you are, if your goal is to like move up in this industry, is realize that this now is becoming a very professional industry. And like the, yes. the out, like if you, if like, dude, work the bar, you know, like have your fun, If you know, do what you got to do. But if you're actually wanting to have a professional like role in this industry, look at it as a professional industry because yeah. that's what it is now. You know, yeah, stop romanticizing the shot taking. Cause it's a fun part of the, the, the job. But ultimately if you want to move up, that's not going to get you anywhere. And also for that person or any person, I think one of the books that kind of changed my life and it speaks totally about this is setting the table by Danny Meyer is just Ooh. one of the best books I've ever read. And it kind of changes your whole outlook. And there's something that I look for in employees when I was hiring people that I learned from a previous job and it was, it's called chips. The acronym is chips mm-hmm. and it's common sense, hospitality, initiative, passion, and self-awareness. So those are the five things I look for in someone, like how much common sense, how much hospitality initiative, and are they self-aware? So those are kind of the things I overlook everything. And that's how I look at myself sometimes. I'm like, where do I stand in those and things like that? So, but Danny Meyer setting the table has changed my life as a book. So when I go ask you for a job and I'll be like, chips, 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 and roll up with a bag of Doritos and be like, I got what you want, homie. Now you show up with a flaming hot. They're like, those are chips. (laughs) Those are Cheetos. Yeah. Corn chips, though, please. <laughs> I mean, Doritos are corn, right? Right, yeah, right. yeah they yeah. are. Yeah, there you go. But do you consider Doritos or uh, Cheetos chips? Cheetos are Cheetos. But, uh, Cheetos, Cheetos are, like, are corn. Thing. No, Cheetos no, are I'm corn. just saying they're not chips, though. Oh. Like in a category. Cheetos are like their own thing. They're not like a chip. That's a bull statement. I don't talk politics on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Is a hot dog fair a sandwich? Enough. Is a hot dog Ooh, a sandwich? It's a hot dog a sandwich. Sir, is a hot dog a sandwich? Hot dog a sandwich? It's a lot a of pressure. Sandwich. Yes. It's a it's form- sandwich? 
It's a form of a sandwich. Is it Cheeto a chip? I don't talk politics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, there's only two more callers on the line. Okay, and I feel there. so bad. They've been waiting on here for like an hour and a half. <laughs> We're almost there. We're almost there. Hi, this is Johnny Ramos. I have a couple questions for Caesar. First question. Aside from the obvious benefit of never having a dingleberry again, what is another benefit you found by having alopecia? <laughs> Next question. This one comes from David Lazarga. How high are your socks? And if they aren't high enough, are you still down? <laughs> Number three. Oh, it's so good. If you were a pachuga, what pachuga would you be? A human pachuga. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Good, that's really a, good question. Great questions. Oh, great God. questions. I didn't remember to start bringing a pen to these sessions here. So you can take notes. Yeah. All right. Do we remember? Dingleberry question. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get to the bottom of that one there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what what was the question? What are the benefits or what? what okay, uh, first question, aside from the obvious benefit of never having a dingleberry again. What are the is benefits that, uh, of having wait, alopecia? Oh, I got you. I got Oh, Oh, yeah, I see. So the, do, do we need to explain what a dingleberry is? Is that necessary? I mean, no. It's been like... Maybe. You go ahead, Shana. You want me to just... What if I'm wrong? What if I look like an idiot? It's when there's little poop things in your butthole hair. No, it's hair. when my toilet paper gets tangled in your poop and your butthole hair. In your no, butthole no. hair. Dingleberry is hair that is, or is poop that's on hair in your butt. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's little, little poop balls on your hair balls. So, yeah, I don't have hair, so I don't have that problem. Yeah, so no, I don't have that problem. I have alopecia for the listeners that can't see me, so I don't have hair anywhere. So yeah, that's a that's a great that's a benefit. No oh, yeah, dingleberry. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no shaving. Shaving's annoying. Yeah, no, fuck yeah, no shaving. shaving. Um, I don't know what other benefits is, but I I get up and I'm ready to Dude, go. Do swimming? Yeah, <laughs> you're more. So. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, swimming, lotion. I don't know. I'm just gonna start saying things. Uh, <laughs> so you're like basically everything in life. Running. Like, hair sucks. I'm just saying. Like it, dre- it gets everywhere. Ew. Like it, you never have to go to a guest house and like leave their hair anywhere. If I murdered someone, I probably would be. <gasps> you could totally murder yeah. somebody. Uh, oh my! You know, like oh, we found a pubic hair on the victim from 1982, nope. and then you know, they found the killer. You never have to deal with that. Oh my gosh, the alopecia killer! That's a good fucking name. This is like. Are we now a murder podcast? What's the murder podcast? My fiance listens to all the time. Case file. My favorite murder. My favorite murder. I love that podcast. They're cool. They're cool ladies. The cat just died. R.I.P. Did they murder it? No, it died from old age. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, also, how high are your socks, and are you oh. even down? Also, are you are, are you from Santa Cruz? Do you wear high socks, high no, white I socks? No, that's not from that's that's a that's a that's a full thing. Yeah, it's a full thing. It's a cholo thing. So number one, yes, that's I'm down. Thing. But number two, I don't wear long socks unless it's winter time and I have jeans. So, so you're I'm not like, that down. No, I am down. Listen, I'm so down. I don't even wear socks. <gasps> <laughs> 
I can't it's wear like, socks. Like I can't wear a one sock suit all the way up. So I think you could. Maybe I, I, could I sleep in a one sock suit. <laughs> but he was making fun of me because one day I was making fun of him because shorts with long socks or medium socks just looks horrible to me. What's well, like, the higher the sock, the, the downer down the foo? Um, I I've never heard that. What? <laughs> Shut up! I'm, I'm not a down fool at all. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I'm down and no to the socks. My my socks are not high at all. Uh, I, I only wore high socks in Santa Cruz. When we moved to the East Coast, like Johnny and I both wore high socks because that's just like how we what we wore. And everyone was like, we went to this like party in Baltimore and everyone's wearing ankle socks. And we, Johnny and I were like, look at all these people wearing ankle socks. Like this is like, ugh. like we were grossed out by their ankles. And we're like, ew, we don't want to look at their ankles. And then like, like later, what are you in the nineteen, like the eighteen twenty two or some shit? Yeah, like you're ugh, like gross. turned ankles. on by the ankles. It's erotic. Then, yeah, I was like, you're showing me t- way too much ankle. Uh, and then, but then, like later that night, this our friend who we met at this party, she's like, can we? Can, can I ask you a question? Like, why do you guys wear such high socks? <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? We're the weirdos. Yeah. I mean, that definitely got adopted in Santa Cruz from from the food. Definitely, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Santa Cruz has that kind of like influence from like that cholo the like cholo culture, thing. yeah, cultural, yeah. So yeah. I think it's surf town stuff. Well, I can't wear high socks. I have terrible circulation, and then my cankles get really swollen, so I don't wear them. Adele, I know it's terrible. Yeah, your compression socks. <laughs> like an old lady. I'll take no it. snap. Okay, okay, we got one more. Pachuga. Oh, I think he was thinking like what region of Mexico would would I be if I was a pachuga? I think he means like what type of pachuga. Oh, just in general? You're like your mom's pachuga. (laughs) (laughs) Adele, that was the gnarliest thing you've ever said. Um, (laughs) I would probably the chivo. Ooh, I don't think I ever had a chivo pachuga. A what? Uh, Goat, goat. Oh, goat. Have you? Uh I would do a a black Phillip. Ooh, a, a Satan, like Satan, but you guys is like a black goat, and you're like, Black Philip, Black Philip. It would sell great at Kindred. There's a like a death metal restaurant over here, vegan restaurant. But uh, yeah, so I would be a Chivo Pachuga from Durango if, if I had to be specific. Ooh, I've never had a uh, Chivo Pachuga from Durango. That sounds delightful. I want that. Also, I've been to Kindred. That place is tight. Yeah. Death it's like metal, metal, but then it's like vegan, so it's not yeah. that metal. <laughs> All right. So guys, we've been going at this for some time and I told you we're going to get through all these questions and everyone who's been on this like listening board, like, I really am sorry that we're like, you guys are like, Caesar, you are a popular man. You are very popular and you're uh, trending. You're trending. You're, you're hot trending. <laughs> and so basically this is our last caller. Cause I had to cut off the rest. Otherwise, like literally we'd be here all night. But if anyone is wanting to like hang out, after party like on uh the live feed we can answer some more questions if that is the case but for the sake of this podcast and our ear holes we're gonna wrap this bad boy up with this last question thank you caller better be good hey this question is for caesar uh this is trevor out of san diego super stoked on your whiskey would you consider it to be closer to a scotch or a bourbon appreciate the answer that's a good question. I would say neither. 
Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I think that. it's a unique thing. Trevor, by the way, he's an amazing guy, super giving, and he's here in San Diego. I know who exactly he is, but that guy's a wealth of knowledge. That guy knows his shit, and I just love him overall. But on the podcast, Trevor, be our friend. I'll, I'll introduce you to guys. Yeah. But yeah, I would say neither. I actually would say, I mean, well, the part of me wants to say scotch because of the whole single malt variants and then part of me wants to say bourbon because of the corn and i think that's the, the mishap that like oh it's corn so it's like a bourbon it's like no nah, not really so it's its own unique thing but honestly it has inspirations from from both and it actually has a little bit of inspiration from japanese whiskey as well just about like the meticulousness of like the raw ingredient and also the like light-bodied minerality so i think it, it gets inspiration from all the malted corn is actually inspiration from peru because they make they make a beer out of malted corn. That's how we knew we could malt corn. Cool. Uh, called Jora. And they use this corn called Choclo, which is very similar to Cacao Simple. But I think it has inspiration from all over the world. Mexico, Japan. I mean, it is Mexican, but Japan, Scotland, uh, Bourbon. We went, we went to Ireland. We went to Scotland. We went to Japan, Texas, Kentucky. We went everywhere there was whiskey. Just like before you open a restaurant, you're like, I'm going to open an Italian restaurant. So I'm going to go to Italy or all Italian restaurants. We sort of did the similar thing and said, we're going to go to all the whiskey distillers we can. And we did. And we fell in love with all of them for their each unique thing. But we wanted to make our own thing. And I think we've done it. I like how you say Japanese because earlier when you said that you recommended like a, like a high bar with Topo Chico and a, and a lemon twist, I was my mouth water because I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but there's a Toki high bar on the menu. I will always order it. I, I do love those. And this definitely would, would kind of be similar to that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, I, okay. So I turned off the, the color lines here. Like we did so good. I'm like so proud of us. Like we were like, just like really nailed it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I had just kind of one last question that I don't think was asked or covered about the whiskey um, is how long has this stuff been sitting? Uh, you mean like in barrels? Or yeah. In barrels. So it's uh, around two years, 24 months. Um, we, we do have some, so this one's 24 months, but it's outdoor aging. So most whiskeys they're, you know, underground in a basement. This is outdoors in the beautiful Hills of Hilotepec, high elevation. It only has like a light roof and our angel share is quite high. Actually, our angel share, usually roughly you get anywhere from the two to 8% normally. Uh, we have angel share of 18%. Oh, is there a reason why, why that happens? Like the... Just the the heat and the elevation. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, um, and the outdoor aging. We're not really trying to protect it from the outer elements. Like We actually want those outer elements, like the beautiful terroir of Mexico, to just kind of live, breathe, and sort of interact with our whiskey. So Mother Nature, come to me. Does that that method of outdoor aging, um, is that influenced from the, like, mezcal prep, like... This, I mean, this is a unique thing of letting, like, I think terroir is a very, I mean, there's a lot of words that might, might be a little, like, saturated or, like, overused, like, oh, the natural terroir. And, like, what is terroir really? It's, like, weather, soil, you know, like, climate. And we really, I, I don't think you could say some things with that terroir if you're, like, hiding in it in a room 
like underneath in a ground or like really not, you know, in a garage. Oh, the terroir of LA. It's like, no, you're in a garage. Hey, there <laughs> is a damn terroir of LA. Don't you like d- deny that? It's cocaine and vodka sodas. It's I've straight up grown weed outside and there's been a nice layer of tar from the car, like th- layering on that. I just think that's something. It's a little minerality from Echo Park. A little yeah, bit. a little <laughs> Echo Park rubber, Beach, oh, baby. Rubber tire <laughs> essence. <laughs> tire a little smog you might see that it's cloudy yeah there's like um, yes yeah, uh, nice so, nice mouth feel <laughs> so yeah we just really wanted to, to express that but the elevation is is a is a good thing because half the year it's dry half the year it's wet so actually sometimes depending on when we pull or when we audit the product to taste it depending on what month you pull it out in or what season you'll either get higher alcohol volume or less alcohol volume so sometimes we'll put it in a barrel at like 62.5 or like 125 proof and like sometimes you'll taste it and it'll actually be at like 140 like something mm-hmm. high and sometimes yeah. it'll be lower so interesting it's, so it's the variables are like a lot more in that open environment are you guys uh holding barrels for older aging we are, yeah, we're experimenting with uh, older age statements. So we're still kind of working on that. And we might also go the opposite route because um, we look at it more in the agave sense where if you go to a palenque, you're like, let me try your ordinario. Let me really see what you're like, you know, without like, it, like with the plant and its characteristics and the land instead of masking it with not masking for lack of a better term, but just kind of like dressing it up with the wood, right? Right, so right. Exactly. What's it like raw? Exactly. So we might go the opposite way and we might release our like white whiskey. White white. I would love to try that. That it sounds tight. Good. The only yeah. reason we put it in wood, honestly, is because our proof needs to be higher. I mean, uh, we double distill, but the only reason we like double distill is to get the proof out of the barrel. Yeah. If not the, the proof when you when you just try it straight out of the still, it's so delicious. Wait, what oh, kind of stills are you guys using? We're using copper pot stills with like a gooseneck and they were actually designed or helped design with Ivan and they're only 2,500 liters. So they're very small and it's two of them. Cool. That's it. Um, we got to come down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. I knew this episode was going to get re- like way longer than anticipated, but like, as soon as we start, keep talking, I'm just like, get like, yeah. well, I want to no, know. I don't mind. And thank you for having, hopefully I wasn't talking too much, but no, yeah, we're, we're planning on having people over the whole plan was to have people over this year obviously everything's happening but we're building out i just went last month to kind of build out what we're gonna do when we host you guys to come down like what restaurants are we gonna hit what hotels so i'll sleep in a barrel i fit it'll be real cozy i'll sleep in a barrel shauna even fits better in a barrel she's smaller than i am i'll let adele do that rock my barrel i'm gonna roll roll you down a hill (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yes once it's open we're gonna go we're gonna land in mexico city have some fun over, over there and then um go to the cornfields and go to our distillery and just it's it's magical i mean mexico's magical in in, mm-hmm. in any sense but that it is i can't Dude. wait to host you guys and really get you guys I, I, i'm ready i'm ready give me You're the ready? vaccine Pump me and up. then i'm gonna once the vaccine comes out i'm gonna go around and lick every single doorknob i find <laughs> It's going to be so awesome. Adele, that's disgusting. I know, but you can't get COVID from that. So I'm going to be like, with a vaccine, I'm going to Yeah, but we don't know what else you have, Adele. I'm going to be like, no, I'm going (laughs) to cough in my mouth. Cough in my mouth. I love love all the memes that are like, if you've touched this bar mat with bare hands before, you do not. You can't get COVID. (laughs) If you went to Hong Kong and DJ, you can't get COVID. (laughs) 
It's so good. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey guys, uh this has been one of my favorite episodes ever. This has been fantastic. Um uh, the, corni- so the corniest episode. This has ever been had. straight up the corniest. <laughs> I dude, this this hot this corn dog has been sitting here for good over an hour and I got dinner to finish. So <laughs> we do gotta wrap this thing up and this is a great time. Caesar, please let people know. How the heck can you get this stuff? How can they contact you and get to know you? Maybe like jam, get some jam on. I don't know. All day. Um, yeah. So as far as getting the product, so we're all over California. We're in six states right now. But if you go, the easiest way is going to, this is all for like liquor stores, not necessarily like the restaurants right now. If, if you want to know what restaurant closest to you or bars carrying it, you can hit me up in the DM instagram and my instagram is say sar s-a-y-s-a-r and then as far as the liquor stores and all that if you go to our website abasolowhiskey.com so whiskey with a y uh no e in there um you can uh there's a product locator so you can just type in your zip code and it'll give you the closest liquor store or whatever that has it Um, awesome are you guys on drizzly we're on drizzly ramirez liquor um what else a barkeeper hilo all those like great, um, small, Killer. I, I love the smaller ones. Of course, the craft boutique liquor stores, but, um, but yeah, there's a product locator and it'll just give you all the stores near you, like whatever radius you want. Back When Cesar came to my bar and he gave me a little, uh, a little taster of, um, both Abasolo and Nixta. I was like, Holy fathers. And then I, and then I gave it to my manager and he really loved it too, but you know, COVID bars are not ordering a ton of stuff right now, but I, I kiss and I saw a little snobby, but via being a bartender and having a lot of access to a lot of spirits and with the podcast, when we get to meet a lot of people who like collaborate with us, I don't really buy a lot of product anymore. I only buy certain spirits that I will drink at home, but very few in between. This is a first, Nixta, like the, the Licor de Lote is the first one that I've ever went out of my way to go like, I got to find this and get this from my fucking home bar because it's so fucking delicious. And I, I went to a liquor store and I was like, I want a fucking bottle. I was so excited because it was so good. I was like, okay, like I have to have this. And, you know, it wasn't like a, there wasn't a collaboration or anything. So I was like, okay, I got to find this on my own. So I went and bought this because it was just so good. Awesome. I remember when you told me about it too, Adele, I was like, you were, you were telling me about the the uh, uh liqueur de lote and i was like whoa that sounds freaking cool so <laughs> uh yeah i'm super stoked to, to uh, be able to mix with it and th- this has been really informational for myself these are two products that are new to me um and uh, shit man i'm stoked yeah this is okay. cool Thank really good, so really, really good, really good stuff you guys are doing. And uh, as a bartender and somebody in this industry, all the love, all the love. This is rad. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, uh, guys, go out there and find yourself some of this. Um, absolutely, uh, look on Drizzly, look on the different uh, platforms that Caesar provided for you to find it. I know um, with some of the smaller batch brand stuff, uh, it does take a search, but it's worth the search. So, uh, and especially right now in COVID, it's worth going out there and, and making it happen for a better brand, for a better sustainable product, for a better product all around. So, yeah, and support your small liquor stores that are like taking the, the time to research cool brands and small craft brands, like support them. Like th- we're all drinking at home because, or at least here in California, we are, we're all drinking at home. We can go out. So go to your local craft, like nerd, like spirit nerd 
Go get, get nerdy. Go get nerdy and get some yeah, cool yeah. stuff. Yeah. And slide into the DM if you're lazy and you don't want to look. <laughs> yeah, we can help. Slide into my DM. You can hit us up too. And we, we are always happy to like uh, connect anyone with anything that we are sipping on to. Like, not sharing our, not sharing uh, my spirit with you, but I'll connect after, you with after somebody. After COVID, hit me you. up. We'll, we'll pass the ball around, baby. <laughs> uh, but that being said, thank you so much, Caesar. This has been a fantastic podcast and I'm super excited and thank you for providing these products for me to try and I'm super stoked. And thank you listeners for tuning in to talk to us the podcast. We appreciate you so much. Uh, it, it means the world to us that we're still doing this project. And that being said, help us grow. If you want to contribute to our Patreon, it's patreon.com backslash talk sales podcast. If you know, money's tough right now, we all know this. Just a like and a share is an incredible help for us. Like, a rate and a review also helps a lot. So please do that if you have the time. Yeah, we want to keep the... our five-star status. So like... Yeah, we're star, like five-star. That's like We want a five-star status. Also, uh, friends, I think uh, where I know I might not look like I'm over 21, but everybody in this podcast is well over 21. So please drink responsibly. Do not drink and drive. If you listen, if you're drinking, you get too drunk and you're weird about like the Uber thing, then just walk home. You have the quarantine 15. You probably got some weight to lose. Just fucking walk home. Don't yeah. drink and drive or, or sleep in your car. Throw your keys in the your car. back seat so the cops don't get you. Don't yeah. don't leave your keys in the ignition like a dumbass. No, no, no. Put in the back seat. Make sure your <laughs> open containers are in the trunk. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. It's irresponsible. There's no need for it. Don't do it. Um, and also, else, why Shana? the fuck are you doing now? Anyways, why are you driving? Yeah, right where, where are you oh, going? It's fucking assholes. pandemic, you dickheads. God, idiots. <laughs> 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 we keep listening, but yeah, give us that great review. Uh, oh, yeah, give us a great review. We're very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much to Grayson, my brother-in-law, for creating our awesome logo. Layton for creating our updated logo. Josh Caro for our amazing theme song. Adele, you are the master madam with the planum <laughs> shout out love you i love you baby uh Caesar, thank you so much for your time we really appreciate you we're very honored that you're here tonight love you guys wish you nothing but the best and uh can't wait to be back absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. join a cocktail class with us uh we teach them daily every day 24 7 <laughs> at all times <laughs> just 3 a.m you want to make a corn dog on this corny episode we also got you we love you and with that we go out in a cheers oh wait cheers, I, need a, I need to pour a little bit of more juice juice juicy juice me too but i'm gonna get drunk okay you're you're drunk <laughs> but you're not no <laughs> no I'm, not, I'm at home so fuck you guys all right cheers, you guys. Uh, cheers to new friends new product and drinking good guys drink it come on give me a break exactly drink good and jam out Talk to you. Talk to you. Talk to you.